Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Cheney, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. Welcome to the Unexplained World. I'm Annette, your hostess to the Unexplained. Uh, our own Ed Shanahan tonight is under the weather and is unable to join us, but I want to wish him a happy birthday and hope that he's feeling better soon. We'll hear from, we'll hear from him again in two weeks when our guest will be uh, David Kump. He's joined us rather often. He's fabulous. Very inf- got lots of information for us. He's going to be talking to us about the Philadelphia Experiment. So two weeks, Sunday, 9 p.m., February the 24th, tune in to talk to David about the Philadelphia Experiment. For those of you who aren't too aware of what that is, um, the government did some time travel experiments on an American submarine, and they called it the Philadelphia Experiment. So he's going to be joining us to talk about that. Um, Also, uh, we'll have an upcoming show on March 23rd. We're kind of excited about Uh, Michelle Bellinger will be with us. She's the author of Psychic Dreamwalking and also The Psychic Vampire Codex. So that's going to be kind of fun. Tonight, our special guests are the Ghost Divas. Hello. Hello. Tammy and Tanya, are you with me? Yep. Yep. Well, I've learned how to run the switchboard, and I seem to be doing a fairly good job. (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) Also with us tonight, um, we have Ed's wife, Kathy. Hello, Kathy, everyone. are you there? I'm here. Hello. Hi, honey. Hey, y'all. Oh, everybody in this house is sick, sick, sick. Yeah. Oh, that is just oh. awful news. That's what it's we were been... talking about before the it timed in, is all of our children are sick. and Yeah, we're all sick. Yeah. Well, I think this is, got aside from it, yeah, I think from it being a, a very strange year as far as the, the uh, winter season is concerned, because you have to admit this has been an uh, uh, let's see, from one extreme to another with the weather. Yep. But because of that, um, most every single thing that you could possibly imagine is out there, everything from respiratory infections to the flu. Yep. And it has hit hard, and it's coming in waves in Illinois. It started in Illinois just about two or three weeks ago, and it's progressing very, very steadily. And in our household, I think we've had every single one of them. Yep. All in a five-day span. <laughs> Listeners, go get yourself a good supply of zinc and take it. Oh, trust me. <laughs> trust me. I mean, I took two days vacation from Thursday Thursday and Friday, and I'll guarantee you I don't even remember them. 
Oh. I'm so excited to talk to all three of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least these four divas are healthy and ready to go. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Real quick, I want to give a shout-out to one of our sponsors, LifeLock. Listeners, there is no doubt that an identity theft, it is a crime, and it's on the rise, and it can hit any one of us, just like the flu, at any time, and it would devastate those who it happened to, as it has to those who this crime in the past. You can protect identity. No gun is needed, no security cameras, no eight-foot high fence surrounding your home. Just a simple call to LifeLock. Or visit their website, and you can have your identity guaranteed to be protected. Just call 877-LIFELOCK, L-I-F-E-L-O-C-K. Or go to their website at www.lifelock.com. Make sure you use the code word of unexplained to receive a 10% discount over the already low cost of this service that may turn out to be a real lifesaver. Now, Tammy and Tanya. We have Tammy Wilson and Tanya Hacker. Yep. Am I saying hacker properly? Yep. Okay, good. Uh, they combine, they have 20 years of experience as paranormal investigators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Tanya, I'm reading bios here, and I've got all kinds of fun questions for you guys because you're a very exciting duo here. Um, Tanya is the founder of Ghoulie, Ghost Hunters of Oklahoma and Urban Legend Investigations. Yep. Tanya, can you give us a little idea of what Ghoulie does and how they serve the community? Well, basically, um, we started out, you know, about eight years ago um, doing what everybody else did. and you know, uh, it was when it was, the field was rather new. Um, there wasn't a lot of teams out there, and um, it was still kind of on the down low and an underground level. And um, we went out looking for, you know, haunts and all that. And then we, of course, evolved over time and started investigating claims of paranormal activity. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say that we were trying to disprove or anything like that, but basically for our own reasons, you know, just like any other team, you're going out because, you know, you're trying to find you know, answers, if it really does exist, if it can be, you know, reproduced and all that fun stuff. And, um, you know, eight years later, we've kind of got at, at a stopping point where um, our team, you know, we've had a great team. We haven't had a lot of turnabout and turnout and all that. I mean, we've had pretty much the same members. We do have some new ones, but, um, you know, we're pretty drama-free when it comes to team. But um, it's kind of like what we do now is we still do investigate claims that of the paranormal, um, but we try to go in and offer a rational explanation um, and try to actually offer some assistance because, you know, we have combined as a team, we have, I mean, just so many years of experience and theories and um, different, you know, backgrounds and all that. So as a team, we just kind of go around and um, make sure that, you know, we do a lot of cleanup and stuff with other teams here locally, but uh, we just try not to create a lot of hysteria and, uh try to keep a civil and rational mindset, and um, the community involvement that um, we've been doing over the past few years has really kind of been our knack, and uh, we're really excited about working with uh, historical societies and chambers of commerce and all that and preserving buildings and history and keeping the local legends alive. Awesome. Now, Tammy, I see that you're the founder of Erie, Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. now Tanya just mentions, you know, historical value. Um, mm-hmm. I Oklahoma seems to have a lot to do with maintaining historical things. Is that correct? Yes. That's really my main focus. Um, 
even in the investigation end of it, that's really the, the part that I get into most is the historical aspect. Um, and I try to <clears throat> get across to people that that is the most, to me, that's one of the most important things that you have to know about in the first place when you go in to do an investigation somewhere is the history of, you know, what you're doing. Now, does Gooley and Erie, Oklahoma work together as a team now that you guys are the most divas? Uh, well, we yeah. only kind of have yeah. anyway. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I wasn't sure if they were two very separate entities or parts of the whole. Well, we're we're separate, um, but we're affiliates. We do work yeah. together. We're in different parts of the state, and we do our okay. thing, and they do their thing, and sometimes we do them together, and um, and we're and we're real good friends. So a lot of times, you know, we'll we share places and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, we do stuff separately, but we do a lot together too. Oh, okay, great. Uh, I'd like to ask Tanya, I'd like to ask you a publication that you have coming up soon, Common Sense Ghost Hunting, for those yeah. of us who might have questions about how to, to do it right. Yeah, well, the, the title's kind of in lingo at this point, and it's just something that I've been working on um, for quite a while now, and unfortunately I keep going back and changing things, especially more uh, blogs go up on the Ghost Diva uh, you know, my MySpace page, <laughs> I kind of go back and I have to keep retweaking things. And I need to just kind of get settled into to my point on certain um, points of the book. And um, But basically, I mean, there's so many books out there, and they're great books. And uh, they teach people the basics on how to go out and conduct ghost hunts and all that stuff. Um, but I'm trying to, my view of it all is I'm trying to do a more humorous approach um, and offer a rational and more common sense and help people learn how to understand, for one, why they're involved um, with this field in the first place. And, and so they'll truly understand where they stand once they join a team or create a team. Um, and it's just it's one of them things where it's I just need to get settled on certain things before I, I send it off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, but this uh, is really something that, I mean, um, this is every day for you. So it's just a matter of putting it down on paper right. is the difficult part. But as far as, you know, the theory of it, that's right. an everyday practice for you. Right. And, you know, and the thing is, is we, you know, Tammy and I both agree, um, it's just, it's just there's a lot of common sense being, I mean, there's so many things being overlooked in the field because people, their focus and their mindsets, they're set, they're wanting something else, you know, or like the majority of people out there, especially with the newer ghost hunters, they want it all, every place that they go to, they want it to be haunted. And it's a sad thing, really. And it's like you shouldn't be going in with that mindset that you want, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Jones's property and their three children. You, you don't want it to be haunted and uh, right. for the sake of the people that have to live there. And, um, you know, I use a lot of uh, creative created characters and situations in the book, and it's I try to make it funny to where um, – Ghost hunters will probably hate it, but I think the general public will really appreciate it. So, okay. Yeah. It'll be Can I ask you a quick question about the book, really, or, or at least what you're writing in your book? During the course of your investigations, have you ever come across a situation where you truly have been unable to explain what's been going on? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I, I mean... Yeah, there's places, uh, we had one case, you know, where there was something there. I mean, there was no doubt. It was, the, the hard thing was, was collecting, like, any kind of, you know, evidence and stuff. But what 
what we had seen there as a team um, and witnessed and the things that were taking place, there was absolutely no reason why I could explain. There was no historical backing. Um, there really was no reason for it. Um, <laughs> but there was no doubt in my mind that there wasn't anything there. There, it was there, there was something there. And, um, so prior to that investigation, did you re, you know do research on the home or the place that you oh, were yeah. at? Oh yeah, we check, try to check yeah. everything out. Um, you know the nearest. I mean, we even went to the, to the extreme where here's the nearest cemetery. Uh, the homeowner, she was pretty desperate at this point to find out why. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to give her all of those answers because it was just a brick wall. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the home was rather new and it was a nice suburb, and there really shouldn't have been any reason for the things taking place, and she even contacted um, James Van Prague when he had his television show, um, and he came out, and he basically ran into a brick wall. He made up a bunch of stuff, but he ma- he ran into a brick wall when it came to substantial truth behind why it would be haunted. But, uh, yeah, she, she tried every outlet to figure out what was going on, and after several different religious groups came in and all that stuff, things finally kind of came to a halt, you know. So hmm. something something worked. I don't know exactly which one. <laughs> During that process, how do you find a way to calm the, the people who live there? Well, they knew. I mean, they knew first off. I mean, and I knew that there was nothing, like, dangerous taking place. It was a lot mm-hmm. of uh, playful type stuff. And, I um, you know, so, you know, I just keep reassuring people, hey, you don't need to be afraid of this because that's not going to help the situation here, and uh, it's just going to make things worse, the, sure. you know, because they had, they, they had like four kids, and I called them the Brady Bunch because they had tons of kids, and, you know, they were just a regular good family, and, uh, you know, the, the reason for the haunting um, outside of, you know, there really wasn't a reason to why there would be a ghost there. I mean, it was just kind of a whole weird thing, so... That would have been very unsettling for me, especially when you can't seem to find any rhyme or reason for it to happen. But I guess in those situations, I I suppose we're so, and I think this goes back to what you were saying in regards to most um, ghost hunters are looking for something with a a mindset that, you know, you would automatically assume that there has to be a reason that is attached to the home or the property. Um, But in some cases, I, I, I often wonder, in the real, real cases, where it might be attached to someone living in the home. Oh, yeah. There's an attraction. Yep. I mean, that's... A friend of mine even said to me the other night she's having some trouble with her husband. And, you know, uh-huh. turmoil back and forth. You know how it goes when things are rotten. Right. And she said, well, I think that there's some something going on in the house. And I said, honey, to be perfectly honest, it's probably just that crazy, weird energy that you guys are putting out. And if something wants to come flying through and attach itself to it... Right. Who needs history? <laughs> good for you, Annette. That's a good one. I like that one. Well, I, think, I think we all have like, negative oh, energy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so something may want to come along and feed on it. I agree. <laughs> I have a caller yeah. from area code 775-851. Are you there, caller? I'm here. Hello, and what's your name? Janice. Ah! Janice Overding. Hello, Janice. Yes. <laughs> welcome to the show, and welcome to the Divas. Are you a Diva yourself? Yes, she is. Yeah. Uh, I kind of get it. <laughs> She's been hanging in there since early. <laughs> yeah, she is one of our newest Divas. We invited her to become a Ghost Diva because of all of her greatness that she does in um, her outspokenness and <laughs> who she is as a woman. And uh, we uh, 
we're happy. We, Tammy and I, we were looking for divas, and we both were like, we got to get Janice. we got to get Janice. So, Janice, are you in Oklahoma as well? Oh, no, I'm in, I'm in Reno, Nevada. Okay, okay. We're branching out. Yep, we are. That's great. Hey, hey cover the country, <laughs> the world. <laughs> now, I understand, um, Tanya, I'm sorry, T- oh, boy, I messed that up. Tammy and Tanya, that ghost, there are many ghost divas. That's the two of you, and it's not just Janice. Yep. How many would you say, collectively, ghost divas, I know, of course, you're wide open to more joining every minute, but what's your well, number, right do you now, think, right now? Right now, I mean, really, we have, um, we have Janice in Haven and... Tanya that has the um, Journal of Paranormal Research stuff, and then um, Tracy Which that will does the Yeah. So right now, so it's a pretty small knit group. Yeah, yeah, it's small. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the cool thing is, is we're trying to, you know, we're 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 actually out there and we're paying attention to the the well-spoken women and the women who actually. Um, you know, have an opinion and they do their research and they, you know, they put the the man hours in and they're out walking around and in the dirt, dirty places and and they're able to to keep up, you know, with these opinions and this is a male-dominated field and they're ready to roll and um, we wish more women would start taking that role of hey, I'm in charge <laughs> and uh, you know and it's I, I hate to sound like that but it, you know a lot of women they're not stepping up to what they know and. They're allowing the the you know they're not getting their own teams and all that they're just kind of following along and um, so we're we're trying to find those women and you know if you anybody ever wanted to nominate anybody or anything like that just shoot us an email. We'll and where could they email? Uh, they can email us on the MySpace account. Um, that would probably be the easiest uh, since we all kind of check that and uh, we'll send them to uh, either my email address, which is tanyahacker at gmail.com, or Tammy at tammywilson at gmail.com. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is we're not trying to build an empire or anything like that. We're just right. trying to give a lot of women, a lot, um, great women, some credit um, because they are vocal and well-spoken and um, are able to roll <laughs> with uh, pretty much anybody that's going to ask them any kind of questions. So. Good, good, and kind of like living up to your standard. Yeah, yeah. And it's because I, I, I think I'm, I say this correctly that you guys, um, you ladies, really try to keep, um, oh, the, um, the, the keep up the appearance of that you're more scientific, that you want things to be, you know, historically correct. And can you, well, can you tell me a little bit about really, that? I mean, I know there's not a rule book, but well, it's not so much that we're like scientific or anything in particular. It's just that we just want people to take responsibility for the things that they're going to say. Um, you know, because people are out there putting all kinds of things all over the place, and, and sometimes it's just stupid. And basically, that's what we're kind of, we speak out of, about that a lot, and that irritates people some. But um, that's the biggest thing, really, is we just want you to take responsibility for the things that you say. And if you have something that you want to talk about, you know, don't back down when people question you about it. Be able to talk about it. Um, and if you can't talk about it, then don't put it all over, you know, the, for the world to see it. Um, and, you know, and I think that the, the, no matter what topic or field or whatever you're talking about, I think if you are going to be bold enough to put it out on the Internet for the world to see, then you need to be able to talk about it. Yep. And that's really all we ask is that people, 
you know, be able to talk about the things that you're, you know, that you're saying and be able to back up, you know, the the stuff that you're claiming and just be responsible and we just have, we want people to use common sense and quit making everybody look so stupid. In another oh, well, that was is, very simply put. Very yeah, good. And another thing is, is for people to stop taking this so serious. I mean, you need to take it serious. But the thing is, is people are getting overly serious with it where they're losing themselves as a person, which they could have been dull as a, you know, a, a nail. I mean, they, they could have been boring anyway coming into this. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, come on, laugh a little, you know, have some fun, you know, uh, poke fun at yourself. If you can't make fun of yourself, you know, then there's something really wrong. And uh, we, you know, Janice is learning that we we have a great sense of humor, and a lot of times things that we'll put out there, uh, people just take it the wrong way because they're they're ready to read um, the negative because we have such a negative uh, reputation, I guess. Right. And uh, the bottom line is, is we're not really being negative. We can just because you read what we wrote, what we might consider to be funny um, or you know sarcastic. Mm. <laughs> just I love it. <laughs> You know, they're getting really mad because they're like, you're talking about me, you know. And uh, they're yeah. taking it personal. And it's like, you know, there's you're not the only one that's a go Well, but it's kind of if the shoe fit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. And Janice it has really jumped in there. And uh, she posted her first blog, and uh, it went over really well. <laughs> <laughs> well you, have, you have a difficult battle somewhat to fight in, in, in regards to that. And, I can certainly understand a lot of times when people first go into ghost hunting because they, you know, you unfortunately with the the era of communication, television, cable, the whole gamut, um, they put so much seriousness um, on top of ghost hunting or mm-hmm. the paranormal investigations. I mean, everything all the way down to the to, to the music that they play, you know, which puts you at a certain subconscious level of. Seriousness, and I think that's what's really hard. And it, I mean, it's it's very enlightening to have someone talk about, you know, this type of investigating with more of a lightheartedness to it. But on the same, within the same token, you 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 have your credibility, which means you do your investigations and you tell that to people. And that's why it's, it's rather refreshing to have someone say, "This is not as serious as it needs to be sounding. Make it a little bit more fun because it is interesting. It's yeah. very interesting." Yeah, I mean, and then it's like a lot of people think that we just kind of, you know, sat around and said, "Hey, let's just get on there and start attacking ghost hunters and um, all that." And it's it it really didn't happen that way. It's just that for for one, there's a lot of ethical issues floating around in the field right now, and um, a lot of people don't know how to socially conduct themselves, and um, especially with residential home clients and, um, you know, people charging and um, kind of getting overboard and the rock star image and all this stuff. And, you know, they're they're just taking it way too serious. So, you know, we we just, the the social and the, the just the culture of it itself, um, I wish Tanya uh, Kaser, Kaser was on here because she is a very good uh, person to talk to about the social uh, culture of paranormal investigating, and as more teams pop up, more t- more people and their new fangled ideas come around, and um, <clears throat> you know they're representing everybody and all of this stuff, and um, a lot of it's just we're finding it's just it, it's very humorous um, on how serious these people are taking it. Well, well you know what I think personally, people, you're just saying what other people are thinking and are too right. afraid to say. Right. And I really and I think they they're afraid to say. 
what you say because it somehow will break the magic. Do you yep. know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. They don't want to make enemies. They're afraid they don't want to uh, make enemies of, of their friends and fellow ghost hunters. Yep. I think I think it's interesting that people would take it like that. I really do. I mean, I know it's it's true and it definitely happens, but I truly wonder sometimes, you know, how little people must have in their lives that they have to take it that seriously. Yes, I agree. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And you know, and the thing, you know, I that's I think more people, I mean, that it's becoming their goals is to to make a career out of ghost hunting. Um yeah. You know, they're their goal, a lot of new teams, their goal is to get on television. Um, their goal is to get their get the next big thing on their local cable access, you know, and because they want to be taken serious. And, you know, it's like you you have to wonder why, you know. Like what what is lacking in your life to where you're feeding off this fame um, from mm-hmm. ghost hunting? I've had people, I, I know one particular person here uh, has a group told me all I want to be is famous. Yep. I just want to be famous. And I ask, well, why? Because I want to be somebody. Yep. Uh, well, that's unfortunate, isn't it? it because is. then it puts you in a negative light even though you're not. And that's unfortunate when someone has to to, to reach that deeply to make themselves famous. I think yep. fame comes to people naturally. It's like if you're a ghost hunter, then it should be inherent. You just correct be exactly. Yeah, and they don't want to do the work. No, they, <laughs> no, they the just want to. They just want to show up and be in front of that camera. And Where's you know, it's camera? like, do you not realize that you know, people have been in this field forever, and they've never thought about fame. You know, or especially years ago, it that never crossed our minds when we started out doing this about being famous and you know it's like you know do write some articles you know do some publications you know talk to people um you know educate yourself and then try to educate others and then have something to build that fame on but i mean i'm sure a lot of people can you know agree with this ghost hunters you know we're not all supermodels you know so you better oh. have something else that's going to make you famous. Don, you're kidding me. I thought you were all dressed up on the radio, <laughs> wearing your high heels and all. Come oh, yeah. on. Hey, you know, but, you know, as a, we're women, too, so we try to dress nice, and we are <laughs> and we don't, we're not going to show up in our baggy T-shirts and all that stuff, you know, especially when we're trying to represent and, you know, who we are in our field, you know, so that's a whole other subject. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, at least you need to earn a right to be going around and, you know, to be bragging and say, hey, I want to be famous, you know. So, like, you can't be So we know it's not fame that brought you to paranormal investigation. What was it that got you rolling? Ghost hunting. Uh, I lived in a house, and I just watched too much Scooby-Doo, and I'll admit it. So (laughs) I don't have any dark secrets. Uh, I did live in a house that had some stuff, but... Honestly, I'm, you know, in my 30s, and I'm the Scooby-Doo generation, and lots of stuff was on. I was influenced by Hanna-Barbera, and, I, you know, if you want to give me some slack for that, a lot of people will, but I wasn't raised on an Indian burial ground or anything like that. But I just had a weird grandmother who happened to babysit me. <laughs> See, that was kind of meet my aunt. It was kind of the same situation. Um, I had an aunt that let me watch too many scary movies. <laughs> you know, and it's honesty. And, you know, who cares that we we can't go back and say, oh, we have 
you know, so 50 years of experience, you know. And when you were five years old, you discovered. Yeah. Your, yeah. 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 I had an imaginary friend, too, when I was little, so if you want to count that. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm having some technical difficulties on my end here. I lost the call and had to bounce back, so I'm oh. sorry I missed that answer. But it's all right. They're funny, and that they're so funny. I love it. Yeah, oh, I know. Hey, yeah, you have to be called too. a ghost diva and not have a great sense of humor. I mean, yeah. come on. Um, I, ladies, I would like to know. Tell me what urban ruin is. I know I heard you say that Janice doesn't mind going out and getting grubby or you know dirty. Tell me about urban ruin. Like ruin exploration? Uh, it's kind of an underground thing. Like the urban exploration um, where you go out and you take pictures and then you leave and uh, to forgotten places and all that. So Like old yeah. warehouses, abandoned factories? Right. Right. Yeah, basically. And, and it's not, have, it doesn't really have anything to do with ghost, ghost. stuff. It's, it's just... It's you a find photography thing, you know. You find that stuff when you're doing this. Um, it's kind of, I mean, it's not really related, but you come across it, you know, when you're doing this kind of stuff. You come across these um, abandoned places or, you know, um, and there's really a whole culture that is um, into, I mean, like when with Tanya and I, our thing is we mostly like to find these places to take pictures because we both like photography. Um, mm-hmm. But there are some people that are called urban explorers that um, their whole goal is to, you know, see how far they can infiltrate these places and, and all that kind of stuff. And we don't really do that, but we like, you know, we kind of like to do it for the pictures and, and just the experience of it. And then there's a whole other culture that they will, like the whole, um, you know, what are they called, like the tunnels, mm-hmm. um, like sewage drainage tunnels and stuff like that. And they'll, uh-huh. they'll go through entire cities and the tunnels and um it's like a whole, it's kind of like a, I don't like a game more or less with them, but um, as far as I'm concerned, my, I like to, you know, find these places for the, for the <clears throat> photography opportunities and stuff like that, but there are some people that, that's their whole hobby is yeah. finding these places and getting in and all that. Yeah, I've heard about this where they actually definitely, they go into places Illegally, actually, they they make it a game where they have to go right. to take a picture of a certain something. I and will, I have heard of it. Yeah, I will say, and I I hate to say it because I mean because I just don't want people doing it. I mean, it's there's a reasoning behind all of it, and they're not just trespassing. They're not just doing that. These people, I mean, they they have probably more respect for these places than ghost hunters have for their places and uh, that they go to and. Um, you know, their whole they have a motto, you know, take nothing but pictures, you know. Um that that's it. And um, you know, they're it's a great culture and um it's very underground, it's very limited and um it's probably not as exciting as ghost hunting and um but if you're into photography I'm sure people most most people who do any kind of ruined photography, um, they're totally aware of the whole community type thing. But, you know, Tammy and I will get in the car and um We'll go drive and take pictures of, you know, abandoned farmhouses and, you know, anything that we can find that looks interesting. So What I find interesting is that you guys find, I mean, aside not making sure that you separated the, the ruins from the um, paranormal investigating, um, you still manage to find things that have a bit of intrigue to it, mystery. Mm-hmm. Yep. And photography is just that. It's creating from a mystery, from something different, you yep. know. 
in your mind, and that's real interesting. Yeah. But to get you back to the, the paranormal, I have one question to ask both of you. When you go to a place and, and you do realize that there is something going on there, do you do anything to protect yourself? Um, it depends. Um, of course, you know, I like me personally, I have my own little thing that I do, but um, it kind of depends on the case itself. If they're if they're claiming things are you know off uh, flying and you know people are getting hurt and all that stuff, of course I'm going to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, at the point to where I mean, like if it's a residential thing, I would not, I don't ever do anything in front of the clients because for one they live there. If they re- re- request that I do that, then that's fine. Um, right. Um, it, I kind of, personally, I know my own limits um, when it comes to certain things, and um, that's basically it with me. I mean, I know where I should be and where I shouldn't be, and uh, that's just my little personal thing. And uh, fortunately, I haven't had to deal with, I've only had probably one case where I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be here, and I never went back, so... Is that your gut when you walk in? You know, you're totally at your Yeah, I was, I, was, I was rather new, and um, once I was there, I didn't listen to my gut, um, and I witnessed some things and realized that's not the field I want to be in. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so. a firm believer, and especially with women. I mean, we're so intuitive. We just don't realize it sometimes. And, I mean, there's not a one of us that will say, well, I didn't go with my gut. I should have gone with my gut because it was telling me something, and... Certainly, um, I've had situations like that where I've walked into a place and I, I'm, I immediately know this is not where I need to be. <laughs> way over my head, and I definitely need to back out of this. I just find it fascinating that it's refreshing to hear someone admit this is past beyond me, and I think I'm out in over my head. Yeah, I'm backing out of I, it. You know, when you have kids at home and stuff, there are certain things where the risk is not mm-hmm. worth it. I mean, right. why why take that risk if your guard isn't up as you as much as you think it is in bringing some of that home? Um, that's you know I care more about my family than I do the other people, and I hate to say that um, I'm I'm just not going to bring anything home with me. So, um, have you ever found that to be a case where you brought something home with you? Um, I've I've thought in my mind that I've brought things home. There's been a couple times. Um, but, you know, these all have taken place when I was rather new, and I was, you know, going in and not knowing a whole lot and uh, pretty much learning, you know, the hard way <laughs> about everything. So, you know, that's how I learned everything that I know, you know, <laughs> learned it the hard way. Trial and error. Pardon me? I said trial and error. Yep, of course. Well, by the seat of our pants, actually, right? Yep. Right. And people who read books and stuff, you know, I give them credit because they study, but I think the more they're out in the field and the more they, they experience this stuff on, on their own, um, they may it makes them more it makes them a better investigator. And uh unfortunately people are training from television and you know, and all that and they think they're ready to, you know, conquer the world because <laughs> they watch a lot of T V. Well, a lot of people think that they've learned so much from it until they're confronted with the actual facts. Yep, right. And, that's, and that's when they're like, they know, well, I definitely wasn't prepared for this. Right. As professional ghost uh, ghost hunters, do Guli or Erie, Oklahoma have a, a fee for coming in and oh, no. research? No. no. It's all charge? All free. No. That's you might right. ask for coffee. That's about it. Right. <laughs> of course. Maybe some snacks or cookies or something. 
with <laughs> We don't charge for um, anything that we do, and we do a lot of uh, stuff for free from for the Chambers of Commerce and Historical Societies and all that. So, yeah, we work for That's free. That's a great service for people who are living in probably a lot of fear, not knowing what they're dealing with. Oh, yeah. So, have you be able to come in, especially as women, that's very comforting, having that maternal thing, somebody telling them, it's okay, we'll check it out, it's going to be okay. Yep. That's wonderful. Yep. So we're not, uh, we're not out to scare anybody and uh, creating hysteria and all that within, because, you know, the ghost hunters get to leave at night, and, yeah. you know, especially with residential homes, those people have to live there, and, uh going in with with their people and scaring them and, you know, have the family members sitting around, you know, getting entertained and all that stuff. You know, I've watched a lot of it. I've, you know, a long time ago I was involved with a lot of it, and I've learned really quickly that that's not the right way of doing things. So, When you do go into an investigation in a residential home, what would be the, the few things that you might start out with? EVPs, photography, what is it that you use as your tools? Uh, well, basically, I think, probably, well, I say the same as everybody else, but I don't think that's true. Because neither one of us really do a lot of, like, the EMF stuff or, you know, I mean, we... We do for electri- electrical reasons, but not for ghost reasons. Um, <laughs> okay. And, you know, if you kind of go in, you get a feel for the place, you figure out... Um, you know, where everything is, you kind of take, you know, some cursory pictures and, you know, kind of just get comfortable with the people and, you know, get them comfortable with you being in your home. Um, you take, you know, your baseline readings or whatever. I think well, most teams do that um, and just kind of think about the lay of the land. And then kind of, I think it just varies from each investigation because it's, you know, each place is different, has a different dynamic depending on the family or whatever. Um, we go in usually and sit down and talk to the family a little bit and let them take us to the house and we take some pictures. And then um, I conduct my investigations a lot differently, a lot differently than a lot of teams do because in my experience has been I have more things happen when you're not looking for it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times what we will do is we'll go in to the house, we'll talk to the family, we'll go through the house, we'll take pictures, we'll set up video cameras, we'll set up tape recorders, and then we kind of just hang out with the family and talk to them, and, you know, um, and what I, we do. more often than not, I've had, you know, um, motion detectors go off, or, you know, we've caught things, we've got EVP or video or whatever, <laughs> when you're not, like, acting like a ghost hunter. Right. And that's right, kind of talking to it. And, so okay. that's kind of, we try to keep it as low-key and natural yeah. as possible. Yeah, we just had an investigation this past weekend, and um, it was a residential home, and the little boy had been seeing something there, and um, we were like, we want the kids to be there. We, you know, we're not hiding anything. Just let them know that you're going to have some friends come over, and, um, you know, that's what we are. We showed up. We didn't have uniforms on. We showed up in regular clothes. Um we discreetly put up our, our equipment, um, and what we found out later on in the investigation, once we started doing some EMF, and uh, we have one team member that he specializes in, um, he has like this gadget that electricians use and all that, and um, their house was just packed full of high electromagnetic fields. 
um, since they moved into the house. Nobody, I mean, people haven't been sleeping. They just, just you know, disturbances. And uh, the baby's crib was right up against a, a wall uh, outlet. The whole bed was just <laughs> just a humongous, you know, EMS filled. And the baby is like two and a half. It should be sleeping through the night. Doesn't sleep through the night. So, and you know, to sound very diva, um, we did some feng shui mm-hmm. on their house and their sleeping arrangements. And um, she just checked in with me the day before yesterday, and she's like, the baby's sleeping through the night. Things seem to be calming down. Um, you know, just the most common sense thing that we were noticing throughout the house with the electro with the high EMF fields um, was like their electrical outlets were covered with metal um, metal covers, you know. Um, which just acts as a conduit. They had metal mini blinds all over the house, um, electronics everywhere, and, you know, we're like, here, just unplug some of this stuff, move it around, let's see what happens, and so far, so good. And that's like the second case that I've had where we just kind of went in and did some feng shui and things really calmed down. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, they use those EMF meters as ghost detectors, and they're not. Um, now, if you're in a if you're in a building where, uh, you know, people haven't been in that building for 40 years and there's absolutely no electricity running through it at all, that's when your EMF meter is probably going to be your, a good tool. Um, but, you know, most places they have some kind of electricity running through them. You know, <laughs> especially residential homes. You know, oh sure. Move that giant LCD clock. You know that you have right beside your head. You know, move that across the room. You know, and uh, I'm not. We're not the only one. You know, I I like to call it feng shui, but I'm not the only one that does it. Um, there's lots of teams out there that are totally aware of it, and they they recommend it. And it's very girly, and uh, <laughs> I don't talk about it. But um, you know, when they have cases, they need to just kind of think. It's like, well, you're sleeping in a giant, you know, field of electromagnetic energy, and it's going to disrupt your sleep patterns, and it's going to cause night tremors, and you know, freak attacks and strange, you know, dreams and all this stuff. So let's move this stuff around and see how it, how it goes, you know. So, and then if it continues, we're going to come back and we're going to start part two. <laughs> right. <laughs> For the sake of listeners who don't know what feng shui is, it's the <laughs> oriental art of arranging a room for more peace and harmony. Yes. Right. Yep, and it's an ancient practice, so it's not like yep. a new theory. <laughs> yep, and I have right. And you know, and the thing is, is it's a decorating thing, and uh, it just makes your home more uh, the way it should be. And you know, um, electric blankets on the bed and all that stuff—that's a big no-no. And uh, a lot of people, I, I've watched investigators run an EMF meter over somebody's bed and freak out. Oh my God! Oh my God! And I'm like. <laughs> There's a freaking electric blanket on the bed, you know. <laughs> Pay attention to what I love that simple here. approach. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and that's why a lot of people don't like me, and because I'll just say, hey, you know, quit being a retard here, you know. Well, you're in out. Yeah. So you know, we do a lot of girly things, um, but it's not just girly things. It's just common sense, you know. And uh, hopefully, I mean, we're they're supposed to be calling an electrician to get that taken care of. So. So well, you're hoping that that takes care of their situation. Well, and that kind of reminds me of the um, blog chat the other day about somebody. People are starting to, um, and we've had I've had people come on and make comments too about how you you aren't really a researcher because all you want to do is debunk everything. 
Well, I mean, honestly, in my my stances, any responsible investigator does want to debunk things. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is, like, you know, every place you go in is not going to be haunted. And if you honestly are calling yourself an investigator and you can swear that every place you ever go into is haunted, then you're ridiculous and you're wrong because it's just not the way it is. And, I mean, people, they use the word debunking like it's a bad word and, like, how dare you say you, you're an investigator but you, can, but you debunk things. Well, I mean, that's what any responsible person should do anyway yep. is, is look for the truth behind it all in, in the first place. Yep. Because, like, in that situation, she could have made up all kinds of crap yep. and told them that their clock was possessed or... Yep. And they lived on a yeah. Indian burial ground and all of this crazy crap, and they would have believed you. Yep, and they would have believed you. But you don't me. do that because that's not the responsible, normal thing you should do. You need to look for the truth behind things. And she figured out they're sleeping in all this crazy electronic crap. Then they need to fix it. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, but she could have she could have made this a playground for months yep. to come. Yep. She could have, you know, gone and on and told them all this craziness and kept coming back every weekend for something to do, which a lot of people yep. do that. Yep. And it's right. crap. It's total crap. But people want to say, oh, well, how can you, you know, that you shouldn't be doing. Well, yeah, you should be doing that. That's and exactly you know what? what you should be I doing. believe those people, and that's the thing, that's the hardest thing for me to do is to believe, because you have to believe them, otherwise we wouldn't go there. And it's not that I didn't believe them and I didn't have the mindset of, hey, I'm going to go out here and make these people feel foolish. It's because once we were there and we got a hold of the whole situation and we were able to listen to everything, we interviewed the kid, um, you know, there there was a lot more than just, you know, the kid just saying that he's seen a ghost, you know. Um, there was a lot more going on in the environment. Um, you know, the woman was raised with somebody telling her ghost stories her whole entire life, so weird things start happening in her mind, it's a ghost because that's sure. how she was raised. And it's not a bad thing. I was like that, too. Weird things start happening. I, the first thing I say, oh, it's a ghost, you know. And um, But the thing is, is it, in a rational mindset and for their peace of mind, because, they, you know, they bought the house. They, they're in a mortgage. And, you know, we can't just say move, you know. Oh, so, sure. Yeah, we, you know, we try to be honest. And I, I, I am so thankful that she contacted us um, and not had another team out there because I was like, and I, I hated to say it, I was like, you can have another team come out here for a second opinion, but I don't recommend that your kids are around it because they're going to come in and this is going to become their playground. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, and that was the bad thing. And there's so many teams like that, and they'll show up anywhere and they'll, they'll get something, you know, and say it was a ghost. Well, you almost want to debunk it. Your yeah. job is almost desiring to right. to have it not be a ghost. Who wants to be haunted? Because who really. wants to be exactly? Yeah. Well, a lot you of know, people said. Let's be happy it's not a ghost. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but, but a lot of people like that's not what they want. I have a um, person that I've dealt with for several years since I've been doing this, and they want to be haunted more than anything in the whole wide world. That's what they want. They've had every team they can think of come out there and tell them all kinds of crazy crap. <laughs> and I think I'm the only one that does this. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, mm, okay, whatever. I mean, but and that's why that these people that call two or three or four or five different teams, it's not because they're not getting results. It's because they're not getting the answers they want. Yep, and that's and one of the questions I ask. I'm like, who have you contacted? going to come and tell them some crazy story. Yeah, and I always ask people, I'm like, who have you contacted? 
because I want to know who we're going in after because at some cases I won't go in because of the certain particular team because I know how they operate. They've already filled their head full of so much stuff. There's no way of going in. And cleaning it up. And yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no way. So, you know, if they say, oh, I've already had three teams out here, I'm like, well, I, you know, we probably can't help you. Or, you know, it depends on what you want to see done because a lot of people are just that bored and that's their Friday night entertainment, you know. Exactly. What would be the point of having three, four teams come out? I mean, right. I think it's a little redundant. Yep. Because they want to who's going to tell them the best story. It's entertaining, too. <laughs> yeah, they love it. show up in their T-shirts and their gear and their vans. And they have their friends come over and oh, watch. Yeah, right. watch the whole big deal. Yep. Oh, have your Friday night party um, entertainment yeah. by ghost hunting, yep. right? Yep, yep. Yep, Ghost Hunters Live in your living room. <laughs> well, maybe you've come up with a new thing, girls. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you gals do come across something that seems like a true entity or a ghost, what are some of the steps that you take to al- alleviate the family of their ghost? Well, I mean, we we don't I don't do we don't do, I don't do that either. Um, we we do have a psychic that we do call, um, but most okay. of the time the Family members do not wish that, um, especially because once we go in and do our preliminary investigation, you know, uh, most of the time the people that I've I've have a really good I have a pretty detailed screening process, especially with residential homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can pro- pretty much tell if somebody wants to be haunted or if they're being vague about their answers, especially with medications and all that stuff. But if there is a good reason, um, we'll go out and. It, the thing is, is trying to find out what you first need to say what type of thing is there. And you want to experience what those people are experiencing. And we just had a big blog discussion about, because um, we called Ghost Hunters Chicken, um, <laughs> because they won't go into these residential homes by themselves. But the people live there. So it was a big ordeal. We were on another radio show, and he was like, oh, you called Ghost Hunter people chicken because they won't go in alone. I'm like, they are chicken. You know, little Tim okay. sleeps in that room by himself, but you can't go in there and sit for an hour, 45 minutes by yourself because you're afraid. And um, so it's you have to figure out what's going on there and, and experience it to see the way they are. The way they are. And um, it's more of a psychological approach instead of a technology approach. And it's just as scientific as anybody else, any other method um, or protocol. And um, it, I mean, I if I went in and I witnessed a, an apparition, I'm going to believe that family a little bit more, and I'm going to know exactly what I'm dealing with. Sure. You know, now if Hands I just on. go in and get thrown up against the wall, I'm like, all right, this is what we're dealing with. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I, I totally understand where you're coming from. This is what we're going to try to do. We're going to call in other people. We need to figure out what's going on and why this is happening. Um, but unfortunately... Um, a lot of teams out there, they don't, they're not, they don't care. I mean, they're they're there because they want that thrill and that notch on their bedpost, you know, saying, hey, the sensationalism of it. And a lot of, and yes, you know, about getting people eliminating it or whatever. A lot of the times, the people that have stuff, they don't really want it gone. They just want to know that they're not crazy or right, that they're right. the only one that experienced it. Right. <laughs> Understand so it more. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes they're cool with it staying as long as it's not going to, you know, bother them anymore or whatever. And what I tell people, you know, the same old stuff is 
you know, you always tell people, well, look, if you don't want it bothering you, just sell it. Don't bother me. And if that doesn't work, then I actually have a card um, that I give them of a man that is local that will come in and do like a clearing or a blessing or whatever. Because that's not my thing. I don't do that part, but I have resources that right. can do that. And we have resources for electricians and plumbers and, uh, you know, bait, uh, vermin removers and, you know, all that right. stuff. So <laughs> if your ghost is a raccoon or oh, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can call sure. We can't help you here. You have stuff in your walls, you know. That's what's right. scratching. It's not a ghost. You have rats or whatever, you know. <laughs> so... And I know Janice, she has been in the field forever, and, and I hate to say it that way, but she has. <laughs> I'm sure her investigations run a little differently. How do your yours go, Janice? Well, I'm going to be really honest with you. I really I don't like doing private residences. I've had too many instances of what you're talking about. Uh, the last one I did, that we had a family member in the house who was up at probably 90, and she followed us around asking, how much are you going to pay pay us for this? It, when you find our ghost, how much are you going to pay? I thought, <laughs> you know, I, I can't do this anymore. So I really, if I can avoid it, I won't do a private residence. Oh. Yeah. People are thinking these because of the fact that there is so much on television now. I'm certain they think, ooh, this is my rich quick scheme. Yeah. It would be interesting to see how many houses are haunted now since all this, the TV show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, millions. Everybody, everybody. Increase. Yeah, it would be interesting to see that. Uh, I, I had a case, uh, it was a couple months ago. It was actually Tammy's case. She wasn't able to make it, so I, I headed out to her investigation with her team. And um, the uh, people that live there, they pulled up their TiVo. And the whole thing was nothing but ghost shows. And um, I was like, do you watch? She's like, that's all we watch. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I think we got an EVP on this. Can you hear it? I'm like, and it was like on Good Morning America. Or I was like, what? Wait, wait a minute. She's like, yeah, and she's scrolling down this menu. And actually, she's probably, she's, <laughs> I kind of adopted her as one of my new team members just for other reasons, but that's a whole other story. But, yeah, her whole, it was just so full of ghost hunters and any kind of ghost show that's ever been on, that's her whole life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think there's anything going on at your house besides you wanting to be haunted. And, <laughs> you know, because she, she was so influenced. And, you know, once we all kind of sat there and was kind of had it, we didn't even really investigate. We just kind of chatted with her. And I think she finally realized, um, you know, hey, I'm kind of overboard here, you know. You have little kids, your stuff's going to get moved, you know, and, you know, I don't care who you are. And, you know, your keys are going to come up missing at some point, you know, or if you have a dog or a cat, right. things are going to come up missing. You're going to hear noises at night, you know. And, uh, you know, she was just so willing and ready to blame everything on a ghost, you know, and she just had fever. She <laughs> that ghost See, and fever. My favorite, my favorite ones are the ones who absolutely positively you're their last ditch resource because they don't want to call you. They don't want anybody to know about it. They don't believe in it. They don't, you know, those are the ones I think are the most interesting yep. because they are not, they would love nothing more than to not have something else. Right. Those are the best rare. kind. Those are the best ones. And they're so rare. Yeah. They are rare. They are but, rare. Well, actually not, well, not where I live because I live in the buckle of the Bible Belt. Uh-huh. Nobody wants okay. to admit that they believe in any yeah, of that absolutely. stuff. But here the, so I get a lot of those actually. <laughs> I've had them even say, "Can we can we call the five o'clock news? Can we call the news crew in here?" 
Oh, my God. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah, see, I have people that have specifically said, you cannot tell anybody yep. at all that you've even mm-hmm. spoken to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's kind of a different, I think yeah. it has a lot to do with where you live. It, it, but, yeah, yeah, exactly. I run into that a lot about the whole, we don't want anybody to know, you know. Yeah, and showing up in T-shirts and magnets on the side of your car doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. I think well. I would be intimidated by that. Oh, well, yeah, seriously. It's property value too. I mean, you're the minute a ghost team rolls up and they have all that crap on their car, you've stigmatized your property. And I hope the resale value goes well because you just did a lot more damage, you know, having that team out there. Because if you ever want to sell your property, you just screwed yourself. Oh, yeah. sure you have. You know, and uh, not very many people are into to buying uh, haunted property. <laughs> unless they they're looking now, for it. Yeah. yeah, unless they want to be famous. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I bought myself a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even Charlie. funny. I think, that's, I think that's really sickening, to be perfectly honest. Well, look how many you. people. I mean, go to eBay and just oh, oh, yeah. you know, Google in haunted items on eBay, and guess how many hundred come up. Yeah, that's, you know? that's, that's crazy. crazy nonsense. Nonsense. They've, got, they've got, what, tra- five trapped souls or ghosts inside these dolls and oh yeah you can get great evp off of these haunted dolls but you know what's so sad about all of that is it's that not the people that's selling it it's the people, people that are buying it. it it's sad i mean you can't imagine it well, they need to put a reality show about those people the that would be the perfect reality yeah show. crazy out of the wall i'm addicted to haunted ebay items person <laughs> Oh my God! You know what we should do? We should start contacting people that buy that stuff and, and interviewing them. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I would There's be a whole fascinated, book in that, ladies. A whole book. <laughs> I mean, it would be fascinating to know why they do it. Why to really, really understand why? What do you want it for? Right. I mean, if you, you really believe man. it, freak <laughs> yourself out and repost it in twenty minutes. <laughs> they can't get a boyfriend. Maybe they'll find one that's a that's a giver. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> we could go on and on about that lady. Let's uh, <laughs> not go in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ed would kill us. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, ladies, I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight and being so candid about what you do and how you, um, you know, perform your, <coughs> the steps that you take when you do your investigations and, it's been it's been great. Thank well, you so much. Thank you. We hope Ed gets the film better. Oh, I'm yep. sure he. I mean, he's chomping at the bit. I'm sure it's killing him. But yeah, yeah, he's gonna be fine. <laughs> I think our theme was we were supposed to talk about the paranormal state, like as the pun type thing, mm-hmm. like how the community. I think we covered that. I think we did pretty good. Right. Oh, good. I think. I have to say. I have to say thank you because my intention wasn't to stay on the whole time, but it was a very fascinating and interesting um, conversation, and that's what I liked about it a lot. And thank you very much for for your help. And Janice, thank you. Thank you for calling from Reno and and participating. Janice rocks. (laughs) 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 It's a mutual admiration society for you, Janice. (laughs) Thank you. Again, remember, February the 24th, we'll have David Kump talking about the Philadelphia Experiment. And I'd like to thank you and say goodnight from those of us at the Unexplained World. Blessed be. Tammy? Yep. Cool. Yeah.